Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. I'm your host, Amy Ravel. And I'm Kirsty Faruja, your other host. <laughs> Kirst, we had an inquiry this week for a client whose surname was Faruja. Do you think there's uh, a lot of Farujas? Because there's not a lot of Ravels in Australia. Oh, no, Faruja is like Smith in Malta. Oh, okay. So all like all our Maltese Australian listeners probably all have the surname Faruja. Yeah, all of yep. them. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every There's... single one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Kalias, there's no, yeah. No, just Faruja. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. Farugia. That was a bit of info that all of our listeners needed to know that I couldn't have told you before we hit record. How are you doing? You've had a couple of part weeks of school holidays and annual leave. Yes, I'm on my last day of school holidays today. Ooh, you've had the tricky both kids on three weeks but only two weeks crossover, haven't you? Yes, so yes. Thank you, everybody, for – thank – let's thank God that all three of us have survived. <laughs> <laughs> it seems – like I do feel like you've been on school holidays for forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I can't imagine how much you feel like that. Hey, can I tell you a really, really cool story of something yeah. that happened this week? And it involves a listener of ours. Mm. So my friends live in Cape Town, South Africa, and this is a friend of mine who I have known for more than 20 years. Mm. And we went to Cambodia together. They, they're from Australia. Um, we went to Cambodia together. We met in Cambodia. She is from Adelaide, KB. Hello. So it actually involves two of our listeners. So Karen is my friend who I met in Cambodia. And then they moved to Melbourne um, just before we both had children. Um, and so – and we had – Oliver and Amelia at the same time and we got to she moved across from the other side of Melbourne to over where I was living close to where I was living so she actually came became part of my mother's group as well Um, and so we're very dear friends and they now live in Cape Town 
and their 13 year old, almost 13, she turns 13 this week, um, went, goes to a high school and had her homeroom teacher have to move to another um, part of the school. And she was devastated. The whole class was devastated because they really loved this homeroom teacher. And so she was a bit anxious about this new homeroom teacher that was being brought in. And probably that teacher um, was also nervous about coming into this classroom where um, this old teacher was dearly loved. So the new teacher comes in and plays a game with them, like, ask me any questions. If I want to pass, I'll pass. If, um, yeah, so, but ask me any questions. And so the kids were asking her all these questions and it got revealed that this new teacher loves decluttering and podcasts. (laughs) And so Amelia, my 13-year-old friend, said, oh, do you listen to the Art of Decluttering podcast? And this teacher said, yes, I do. And Amelia said, oh, well, Arnie Kirsty is my mum's really good friend. That's the best. And so I think like Amelia and this teacher who, dear listener, if that's you, I think they all both had their minds blown that <laughs> this teacher goes into school that day not realising that one of her students is actually from Australia and is that's incredible I know so just goes to show that (laughs) you never know who's listening to you (laughs) and you never know who knows people that you that is awesome and it goes to show listeners tell your friends about the art of decluttering like I love that a 13 year old spoke up in class and was like do you know the art of decluttering podcast that is amazing um and if a 13 year old can do that so can we when you're hanging out with your girlfriends next say to them what podcast are you listening to at the moment or what book are you reading and say here's one I like the art of decluttering (laughs) okay what are we talking about today Amy so this is part two of our how to organize um, little mini series so last time we talked about some of the outside things like utes and tools and work supplies and farming supplies and swimming pool excess materials gardening stuff so it was kind of those all the questions that we get asked for episodes on that we're like oh we could do a whole episode but let's put it in a how to organize mini series so that was outside in part one part two we're moving inside Mm. so as amy said we had collected a bunch of requests from listeners in our facebook community and so we also put a call out in our top three things episode that if you had anything you wanted us to talk about so we have included some of these suggestions and we'll shout out to the person who asked for it um but following our general organizing principles will help you to be able to think of solutions for storing pretty much anything so keep in mind organizing and storing is all about retrieval so what are our general principles aims so we'll just give you a couple and as Kirst said you can use these whether you're inside outside doing a massive area a micro declutter whatever it is so you want to keep like with like together meaning when you've got pool toys for example from episode number one um you want to keep the pool toys together not some in the laundry some in the shed some in the garage you want to ask questions like how do I need to access it like am I keeping it in a place where I'm going to easily be able to get it find it know where to look for it 
ask a question like how often do I need to access it? Can it sit behind something? Can it sit higher up? You want to keep those items that you're accessing more regularly at those prime real estate areas, kind of like waist to shoulder height. Kirst, give us the last two. And labelling or using clear containers to easily and quickly see what's inside them is often helpful. And the two move rule. So you want to, if you're accessing something, you want to only move two things to get to it. So you want to move the first thing to be able to get to what you need to get to, to be able to pull it out. So that's the two moves. So let's move on to... The first topic we're going to talk about today is collections, and that's from Leah C. and sports fan stuff from Amy Kelman. I see this a lot, Kirst. I I used to be quite a collector of collections. Like I would, I think we've talked about this. I collected tram tickets. I collected Freddo frog wrappers. I collected. Uh, do you remember swap cards? Did you ever get into those in the eighties? Not really. Oh, I, I was a swap in... card collector. Oh, you were living in Papua New Guinea? Yeah. Yeah, so probably not something you'd get easily there. Um, I collected business cards. I collected – like just I was – when I They're found something I loved – random things to collect, all of those Totally things, random. I think probably not what Leah C. collects. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, Leah, unless you're as quirky as – your you. co-host podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think we we do see it a lot in clients' homes and I think one of the challenges with collections is there's a real draw to keep the collection together. We somehow feel like I can't separate this collection, like I can't choose just the bits I like because for some reason it feels like it must be together because it's a collection and we see this with kids with Lego collections we see it with adults who have you know all different types of collections whether it's war things whether it's sports fan stuff like Amy said where you're like it feels like curating it is like breaking apart a family mm-hmm. so h- how do people deal with that curse because I think underlying that that's often one of the big issues yeah I think that. Oh, there's so much to talk about on this topic too. Just like my mind's going in many different places. But we want to encourage you to really think about why is it that you're keeping a collection? Why are you collecting it in the first place? And where is, uh, what do you think might be your limit on this? Mm. Um, I think that for everything that we start collecting, we really need to think about being intentional about that collection and you know sometimes it can start you know innocuously collecting Freddo frog wrappers so Mm -hmm. let me for those listeners who do not live in Australia and may not know what Freddo frogs are it is uh what what would you say like a 10 centimeter yeah it's like a, a mini chocolate item that are individually wrapped they're like marketed to kids um and they're you know they're not like eating a big block of chocolate or a chocolate bar they're much smaller than that and often used at kids parties and as rewards at different events that type of thing yeah they're the size of like that's 10 centimeters at most in length five centimeters wide and like a centimeter deep if yeah not even like half a centimeter deep yeah um Again, those measurements won't make sense to our American listeners anyway, so I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're very – It's so 
Whether your collection starts off innocuously, like the Freddo frogs, or whether you are very intentional, like, you know, say you're a big basketball or basketball fan or mm-hmm. baseball fan or cricket fan, and you start collecting everything that one person has ever done or that team has ever done. Mm-hmm. I went to speak or, or this. Yesterday, I took Emily to a Harry Potter store in Sydney and there is everything you know um, licensed paraphernalia and so you could really easily get into collecting everything Harry Potter and the like so it is about being intentional about what comes into your home and thinking about why am I keeping the collection and why Mm. am I keeping collecting like We've got a beautiful client at the moment who loves My Little Ponies. And so she has built up this massive collection of My Little Ponies and it is incredible. So figuring out your why can then help you to discover how you can declutter or if you need to declutter Mm. and also help you in your intentional purchasing of more of that collection yeah and if you've got any um tendencies towards true ocd or um whether you've got obsessive you know like that that obsessive nature or whether that presents itself through um, autism spectrum disorder like sometimes you can be hyper focused on an area and it's okay once your hyper focus or your love of a particular collection wanes it's okay to get rid of that collection because what I would encourage you to do is enjoy the process of collecting if you're just collecting because you feel you have to like that's definitely worth um, exploring in yourself because if you're no longer finding joy from it but you feel compelled that you have to spend the money because your collection will be incomplete if you don't buy this other thing as Kirst said, like, think about why, why, why do I feel like that? What does this collection mean to me? Is the collection for resale or is the collection because you find joy in collecting and buying and viewing and storing and displaying the items? Yeah. Or is it a collection that you started because once upon a time you really were into dolphins and then <laughs> everybody thinks that you're still into dolphins oh, and it's been 30 years yeah. and people are still buying you dolphin products and paraphernalia. Um, I think that that also, um, you know, is an opportunity for you to say, hey, mum and dad, I've actually moved on from dolphins and thank you for thinking of me in that way but I've got enough dolphins yeah um and equally yeah like I think that the, it's a great opportunity for you also to not feel guilty about going actually I'm not into dolphins anymore mm. I'm not going to collect any more figurines or coasters or posters around dolphins and actually give yourself permission to let go of all the things that you don't like all the Mm, dolphin paraphernalia mm. that you don't like anymore and maybe like choose parts of your collection that do bring you joy yeah and it may just be one item and then what you can do is you know once you decide what is important out of a collection 
display it, like enjoy it, whether it's in a shadow box or on a shelf or displayed somewhere important to you or somewhere private to you. You might find that you've got a random and weird collection that brings you great joy. Could it go in the laundry or the bathroom or your office, like somewhere that you don't feel like everybody has to see it? Um, and I think along I'm thinking with- about your Fredo Frog collection and walking into your home <laughs> and seeing your Fredo Frog wrappers collection now. Like- yeah, like wallpaper. I could probably have wallpapered a room with the amount yeah. that I had. <laughs> but if, if that was still important to you, but you, you're you like, yes, I'm a 41-year-old woman who don't, doesn't want it displayed, mm. but it's still important to you, how do you honour that as well? Yeah, yeah. Like inside of wardrobe doors is a great place to put things that you want to enjoy every day, but that you don't want anyone else to have to, you don't want to have to account for it. Um, there's so much in collections that may end up being a whole nother episode mm. of its own, I think. Yeah, I, I feel that too. <laughs> <laughs> the next short um, topic that we want to talk about is work memorabilia. This was also submitted to us from Leah C. She wants to know, like, what do you do with your work memorabilia? So certificates, maybe you've got awards, um, maybe you've got like going away cards signed by all your workmates. Like what type of work memorabilia do you need to keep? Can you let go of? And what do you do with it? Mm. I think it comes back to this question of why again, mm. why are you keeping it? Why is it important to you? You know, we often come into people's homes and talk about their work memorabilia and we question whether or not they enjoyed that work Mm. and they're like I hated that workplace and then it's a great opportunity to say well then why are you keeping anything that reminds you of that you've got those memories you don't need any physical things to remind you but then some people do need physical things to remind them to never walk into a toxic workplace (laughs) again you know so but it is about questioning your why. Why do you need it? Why Why are you keeping it? Do you need it? Do you use it? Is it something that you need to put on your resume? Like mm. can you just put it on your resume and then let go of that certificate? Can you take a photo of that beautiful leaving card and get rid of it? Can yep. you or do you keep the card because it is a really beautiful workplace that you loved and you were sad to have to leave it when you had children or you chose to leave it when you had children or it you know it shut down or you know whatever uh thing that was not of your full choice that Mm -hmm. made you have to leave that workplace but you love the people there like is there an opportunity to look through um, the names on the card and reconnect to those people can you mm. stop them on Facebook if you have if you're still not friends you know if you didn't if it was before Facebook <laughs> um, or that they've come to mind since then can you you know stalk them find them reconnect with them mm. um, but that you don't necessarily have to keep the card or you do yeah. Yeah. And I think when you do short courses at work or you get, um, you know, how lots of workplaces do awards and you're like, this is relevant while I'm at this workplace, but does anyone else really care that I was the customer service representative of the month? Probably not. So in you 2006. could just, yeah, like if you find things that are relevant, put it in your resume, take a photo of it, scan it. Um, but for the most part, I think you'll find you're probably not going to go back and use them. So you'd want to keep them if it's important or if you enjoy it and love it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. 
Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Let's wow. talk about the next one, which I really love because this is something my life stage has moved into. Yeah, it's toys for a broad range of children, and that was from Adrienne. This is uh, this can come in a couple of different ways. So you might have children that are spread out in age. You may have children and grandchildren that are spread out in age, or you may be like my family where the kids are at a really similar age and they're outgrowing kids' toys, and you're like, I don't know which ones to keep. I don't know which ones are important. I don't know what I might like for grandchildren or what, I might like if someone brings over a small child. Um, So for us, it's been a really great process and it's definitely been a process for us in going through and deciding like what are the really high quality toys that we want to keep for kids that can come over and play at our house. So what that looks like for our family is we have a box at the front door um, and that's got baby toys in it and it's got maybe five baby toys and they're just like the, the Tupperware one that you put the shapes in, like the shape o whatever it's called. And so it's just some really classic, easy to wash because, you know, germs, babies, feral. So easy to wash, things I can just pull out, they can play with and I can throw back in. And then the tricky part for me, to be honest, was deciding do we keep things like their Lego? My kids are past Lego, they don't want to play with it. And I thought, oh, no, I'll keep the Lego for when I have grandkids. And then a couple of years ago I went, that's ridiculous, Amy. You're probably going to be the type of grandparent that takes your kid and buys them Lego or plays with like, – there's so many ways you can access Lego that doesn't require me to store it under my children's beds for the next 20 years. And so I did get rid of all of it, all of it. We don't have a piece of Lego left in the house. Yeah, and I often challenge clients who are keeping things for grandchildren. I was like – I'm like – I know that this is really expensive item for you to buy when you were having children Mm -hmm. because we're often in our 20s and 30s and may not be the most affluent time of our lives because we're busy paying off mortgages and dropping down one income potentially. And yeah, and so I just challenge them to and remind them that they're actually going to be in a very different season of life Mm. if and when their children decide to have children and that they will be 
I hear it all the time from grandparents about how much love they have for their grandchild that is feels even bigger and more than their actual children. <laughs> and so if that is the case, then you're probably going to be even more generous than you were with your own children. Yeah. You're going to be that general, generous grandparent as well. And not saying that you're necessarily going to have a lot more money, but typically we do have more money when we're not actually paying for our children to live in our home and not paying for school fees and, and all everything that comes along with having children. <laughs> when we're usually when you're a grandparent, you're at a more affluent stage of your life where you can afford things or you're in retirement and you can choose to do things on a particular budget, but you're still going to be adoring your children, your grandchildren, your children's children. And you also are going to have that love and want to be generous over those grandchildren. And so I'm, and I also say, and those grandchildren are probably going to want the latest Lego rather than what was is defunct and wasn't you know that was and this is 20 or 30 years old yeah and this is a massive thing for me Kirst because I want to ask our listeners who are keeping things for their grandchildren how many things did your kids love playing with that your parents passed down Mm -hmm. or did you find that they were you know not quite as good quality that they weren't they weren't interesting to the kids, that you had other things. And so, yes, your parents might have passed you down stuff, but you don't actually use it as much or it's missing a piece. Like it's like lovely to want to pass down a Lego set, but if it's missing a piece, is it going to be that enjoyable? Um, So you might choose to do a bit of Amy Ravel and get rid of things. And you can always go on if you need, you know, you've got kids coming over and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've got no toys. Go to the op shop, spend five bucks, get a couple of toys, and send them home with them. Done. And often I remember when I was a parent of toddlers, I would take toys with me that the kids mm. enjoyed using. And so I also question how much you actually need to have toys in your home for the when people come over, unless yeah. people are coming over really regularly and it is like awesome, we're going to Aunty Amy's and we love playing with the shape at Aunty Amy's because we don't have one at home. Yeah. So just just questioning. Yeah. It's when you say I'm keeping it for my grandkids, it's quite possibly the fact that you just don't want to get rid of it rather than you think that your grandkids are going to play with it or that they will actually play with it never endingly in twenty years time. Yeah. Just do a, a reality check. Yeah, we've kept books. We've kept, a, but we've also only kept like half a dozen books. Yeah, that were really special for us in reading to the kids when they were toddlers and and young young kids. Well, that's that's true. That you also keep things that are sentimental, but you're keeping those probably for your own memories, for your um, special box, for the kids' special box, yeah. rather yeah. than you're keeping it for. Um, kids who come over and look yes this question may have been asked when you've got all the kids in the house so there's also that so let's go to that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) because I think there is there is space for having a smaller um, quantity of items but a larger range when you've got a broad range of kids and what items does everybody love playing with yeah and if you have space can you store the age-appropriate toys in 
the kids' bedrooms. So you know, particularly if you've got that really broad range of children, the little kids can't, you know, it could be a choking hazard for little kids. Yeah. Um, so is it possible, do you have space to store some age-appropriate things away from the main living areas where everybody is gathering? Yeah, and sometimes if you've got older kids, they don't want anyone else playing with their stuff anyway. And mm-hmm. so having it in that, you know, special area, and maybe it might even be that it comes out at a special time, like when the baby has a nap, you know that you can play Monopoly without the bits going everywhere. Mm. And I love um, that Belinda, who does such a great job um, for us preparing us for our podcast, she put on um, Facebook the other day during school holidays that she had included her youngest, Aurora, who is almost four, um, into a game that was not age of like that on the box it doesn't say it's for four-year-olds um so she included the youngest one in older games and she was so quick on the uptake <laughs> and she was really like loved playing it and I think that Belinda and Rora actually played it by themselves without the older kids and it, yeah so I love That's that great. idea of including younger kids in older games because you never know they might catch on really quick and then they start preferring to play with the older toys which means that you can reduce the need to keep little toys, younger aged toys. Yeah. And usually younger siblings want to want to be older anyway. Yeah, my kids were playing Monopoly by four or five um, and really properly playing Monopoly. And by the time Jesse was seven, he could beat me at chess. And I have in my past many years ago life won chess championships. So, like, kids are flippant amazing. Flipping yeah. amazing. Either that or I just breed geniuses that are way smarter than me. <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. The next one is from Lynn Bozen who asks, how do you store and organise all of those recipe cards that come with meal kits like HelloFresh or Dinnerly and things like that? Should you even keep them? And if you are keeping them, how do you, how do, you do it? Mm. Kirsty, you, you've used HelloFresh a couple of times. Do you ever keep the meal kit cards? Um, I think I did in the hope that I could recreate that recipe mm. without HelloFresh. <laughs> did you? No. And so they got chucked out. Because, <laughs> and I think one of the things with HelloFresh and Marley Spoon and all of those is that they repeat the meals mm. every couple of weeks, months. And so you might order it again. Or you might order it again next week because you might like that might be the staple in your family mm. that everybody loves shepherd's pie. So we're going to order that every week during winter. So my question is, do you even need them? Yeah. Do you need to keep them? We did HelloFresh for many years um, and we would keep our favourite, favourite, favourites. And over time we've dwindled that down. So if we repeated it and then went, it's not actually as good as I remember it would go and I think now we might have three in our recipe folder so what we have is just a binder that has like 
best recipes go to Ravel recipes and what that includes is like handwritten ones from family members and when I've been at a friend's house and gone oh my goodness I have to recook that take a photo and then I've just printed out and put it in the folder it also includes when I used to have recipe books or I had a Donna Hay subscription if I found a recipe I loved I'd actually rip it out of the book or rip it out of the magazine and put it in the binder because now I don't have any recipe books I don't have any cooking magazines it's just the binder um, and it, it's so good because the kids can pull it out and cook our family favourites and there's probably only 20 recipes in there. Um, so if something's in there and we just are not cooking it or I've got it from a friend and I'm like, uh, I haven't actually bothered, I get rid of it. So it's a really thin binder um, but that works for us. I think the other question to ask yourself is, yeah, if you use them, let's figure out a solution for when you mm. do use them. I think that a lot of people, I know in our family, if we need a recipe, we just Google it. You just Google it, yeah. And we, you know, might star it if it's, you know, our favourite crepe recipe that we're going to look at. But crepes are easy because they've got three ingredients. So yeah. You can <laughs> you, probably work that one out on you, your own. You can remember the the quantities needed. Simon has memorised the quantities. Um, but if it is something that you really love, like that's more, more detailed than a crepe recipe, <laughs> then... Um, you know, can you bookmark it in your in your yeah. phone's browser so that you're not like searching through all of taste.com to figure out which one of those orange and poppy seed cake recipes was it that you preferred? Yeah. So, but I really, really, really want to question all of you. Including me. Including you. Do you even use it? Yeah. Because like, if you're not lo- using it, lose it like it's it's just taking up space and it's also aspirational clutter often recipe cards recipe books um and we've got an episode on that as well so you can have a look back in your feed for recipes and and meal planning um if it's aspirational clutter and it's not making you excited and giving you ideas and making it easier to cook maybe you can just get rid of them all together yeah and i have to say to people you'll be able to find out when you need it like the internet, Google is yeah. your friend. Yeah. So you may not exactly find that, you know, random um, chef that you've forgotten the name of's recipe for that particular dish, but you'll be able to find an you'll orange and poppy it. seed cake that you, you learn to love. Yeah. Or could be even better than the other one. <laughs> okay. So we've... Got some relevant episodes for you to listen to if you've liked what you've heard so far. We give more detail in these ones. So as Amy said, aspirational clutter. Like with like, need it, use it, love it. They're all different episodes. Home, office and toys. Kess, we haven't spoken about our Facebook group for a couple of weeks, um, but it has exploded. Mm. It's just clicked over 105,000 group members. Someone said in the group the other day that it is their favourite place to hang out on Facebook because it's so supportive and encouraging and uplifting, and I just love that. Mm. And I was in there today just hanging out, and Donna posted an awesome poem that I thought I would read out on the podcast. It's by Mary Oliver, who's an American or who was an American poet. Um, and it's just a beautiful poem that I thought I actually want to share that. So if you're not in our Facebook group, make sure you jump over to Facebook and just search the Art of Decluttering Community. You'll find us there. Um, it's an awesome place to hang out. And this is the poem by Mary Oliver. It's called Storage. 
When I moved from one house to another, there were so many things I had no room for. What does one do? I rented a storage space and filled it. Years passed. Occasionally I went there and looked in, but nothing happened, not a single twinge of the heart. As I grew older, the things I care about grew fewer, but were more important. So one day I undid the lock and called the trash man. He took everything. I felt like the little donkey when his burden is finally lifted. Things. Burn them, burn them. Make a beautiful fire. More room in your heart for love, for the trees, for the birds who own nothing, the reason they can fly. How beautiful is that? Mm, Really beautiful. Thank you, Donna, for sharing that. And um, Mary Oliver, if you want to have a look at her and read some more of her poetry online. We have a few other things to mention. We have a new Patreon supporter, Jules Dart. (laughs) She joined a couple of weeks ago, so thanks, Jules, for supporting us in that way. And we have a review from Apple Podcasts Australia. Uh, Do you want to read it or do you want me to? Go for it. Okay. It is from North Taswegia. (laughs) And that's the person who did it. (laughs) Um, And it's a five-star review saying thank you. I've been binge listening to this pod and it's just excellent. Good content combined with hosts who are very engaging and fun to listen to. What really led me to leave five stars, though, was coming across the episode that related to parenting children with disabilities. I've listened to a few pods in the organizing decluttering category, but none have understood or even touched on the additional challenges that arise when you have children with disabilities. I became really emotional listening to the episode with the parent whose child um, has autism. I really felt that my challenges were understood. You are understood. You're welcome in our community. We hope that we, if you feel like you're not seen in an area when it comes to decluttering and organising, you're like, yeah, but you never talk about this challenge, send us an email, hello at theartofdecluttering.com.au and tell us because sometimes we don't know what we don't know and we would love to look at decluttering and organising from your perspective as well. Just saying we always don't know what we don't know. Oh, yes, because, yeah, that's true. Sometimes, yeah, you're right. We always don't know what we don't know. <laughs> In fact, Je- Jesse, just, you know, if, if you're someone who turns the podcast off once people start doing a review and you know they're winding up, then you've already gone, so I don't feel bad telling you a random story. Um, but we've been doing a career um, – like career counselling, I think it's called, with Jesse, who's 16 and looking to pick his VCE subjects. And so we've been meeting with this guy who's been really, really helpful to understand what his passions and strengths are. And he said, so are there any occupations that um, you don't know much about? And Jesse just said, but I probably don't know what they are if I don't know much about them, so I don't know how to ask. (laughs) The guy was like, it's a really good point. Yes, that's a really good point. So if you ever hear of a job that you don't know much about, let me know. But, of course, we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when we do know something, we might only know a tiny little bit about it, but we know it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you can ask questions and learn more. Yeah. But if you don't know it's even a thing, how can yeah. you ask questions about it? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. If it was you... awesome spending time with you, Amy. Thank you. Ditto, ditto. Um, we would love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you're in our Facebook group, we would love you this week to leave a review. You can leave it on the Facebook page, actually, if you like, or put it over on Apple Podcasts or put it on both. 
let us know what you love about the podcast. It helps us to reach new people. Um, and as North Taswija has said, new people are coming and listening all the time. And so we want to um, be able th- for them to find us because they don't know what they don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you have a lovely week and we can't wait to be in your ears again next week. Ciao. See you then. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learnt something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.